This is the Terry and Jesse Show. We are your spiritual fitness trainers. This this can also be called the Lord's Gym. You bet. Absolutely. This is the holy hour of power. This is not low-energy Catholic radio. We're two Catholics <laughs> with a PhD in common sense. Our program is not right versus left. It is right versus wrong. And I am on duty. Terry, what about you? Terry Barber, Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of our lady. I'm on duty, Jess. It's going to be a great show. Uh, and don't forget, Jesse, you mentioned it every single day, the month of March. St. Joseph's Feast Day is coming up. So let's have devotion to uh, St. Joseph. And we love that title of St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Let's uh, talk about who is the most dangerous man in the world. When we tell you who he is, you're going to go, you mean it's not Putin? Nope. It's not Biden? Nope. You'll find out. We're also going to talk sadly about an archbishop that has gotten the the memo wrong about what Jesus Christ taught about the Great Commission. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jesse. I maybe, say, maybe maybe it's deleted in his Bible. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I'm giving the guy the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he the just pa- the forgot. pages are ripped off. For yeah, me. I don't know. But most most importantly, we're also going to cover the Fatima and Faustina connection with two per- powerful prayers of reparation. Boy, do we need reparation, and much much more on this Friday. And don't forget, this is a Friday of Lent. No meat, right? No meat. And I would also encourage you, let's do some kind of sacrifice, not only with the meat, but uh, let's make an extra visit to the Blessed Sacrament, praying for our leaders in our church and in our state that they will conform their wills to the will of God. That's my prayer constantly, Jess. I don't even pray now for their conversion. I mean, it is their conversion, but I yeah. pray that they will confirm, conform their will to the will of God. But before we do, That's a beautiful prayer. It's just, that's, it comes from my heart, brother. Hey, Jess, before we do any of these topics, let's get some soul food in us. Absolutely. Uh, do I want to read the first reading? Good. Uh, it's because it speaks to yeah. The, this speaks to a lot of people in the world right now that are have positions of power. Sure. And they're they're misusing their power, as Fulton Sheen says, an evil man, a wicked man, maximizes damage. Mm-hmm. The first reading today is the prophet Ezekiel. Chapter 18, verses 21 to 28. Mm-hmm. You'll find that prophets are usually in exile, A, B. The establishment is persecuting them, and they speak with moral clarity and with the authority of God. Uh, that reminds me of uh, Bishop Vigano, by the way. Yeah. You know. Okay. <clears throat> Thus says the Lord God, if the wicked man turns away from all his sins he committed... If he keeps all my statutes and does what is right and just, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the crimes he committed shall be remembered against him. He shall live because of the the, the virtue he has practiced. So notice, this is a bad man that's coming to repentance. A a bad man that's examined his conscience, uh, had contrition of heart, and has repented his sins before God. Then Ezekiel goes on to say, speaking for the Lord, do I indeed derive any pleasure from the death of the wicked? Hitler, Stalin, Ho Chi Minh, Mm -hmm. Pol Pot. Says the Lord God, do I not rather rejoice when he turns from his evil way that he may live? And if the virtuous man turns from the path of virtue to do evil, the same kind of abominable things that the wicked man does, can he do this and still live? By the way, that was Martin Luther's error, the heretic. He believed that uh, one saved, always saved. Uh, he didn't believe that the virtuous man. Again, it doesn't matter what your what what sins you committed. You were already, uh, you know, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. 
None of his virtuous deeds shall be remembered because he has broken faith and committed sin. Because of this, he shall die. That's basic Baltimore Catechism teaching. All the merit that you've acquired as a result of holiness and virtue, one mortal sin can wipe it all away. That's Baltimore Catechism teaching, Council of Trent. That's That's right from the Bible. You say the Lord's way is not fair. Hear now, house of Israel, is not is not is it is is it my way that is unfair, or rather, are not your ways unfair? Mm. When someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity, sin, and dies, it is because of the iniquity he committed that he must die. That means a mortal death, justice, separated from God forever. Yep. But if the wicked turn from the wickedness he has committed and does what is right and just he shall preserve his life think about saint dismas yeah that dismas moment since he has turned away from all the sins that he committed he shall surely live that means eternal life he shall not die the word of the lord thanks be to god very clearly terry these are like basically baltimore catechism statements uh, all all the merit that you've acquired as a result of living a life of virtue is wiped away with one mortal sin one mortal sin will consign you to hell if you don't repent. Uh, yet, you can be a wretched sinner, and if you repent, even if, at the, if it's at the last minute, you can steal heaven like the thief on the cross. That's All this is being taught in today's, uh, in today's first reading at Holy Mass. I also want to mention one thing. Tell me. This, this, in today's psalm, this is the big, the big push of, of Lib, the Liber Christo instructors, Father Chad Ripperger, Kyle Clement, and Dr. Dan Schneider. They call this the the deep profundest moment, mm-hmm. Psalm 130. They teach that, and I'm going to the school next week for an entire week, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dark all week from Monday to Friday. <laughs> we'll going, be praying for you, brother. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be loving. I'm gonna be going. I know you. You're fast. you know high level team training with Father. Well, you'll, you'll come back with a lot of good information. Oh gosh. So w- what they teach is that even a person that's diabolically possessed, mm-hmm. for him to be healed. They need to reach the Psalm 130 moment. Mm-hmm. If they don't reach the Psalm 130 moment in their heart, there's nothing that can be done. There's no way you're going to drive the demon out. If a person doesn't reach the Psalm 130 moment, what is the Psalm 130 moment? It's this. Once a person, even possessed person, they have to reach the point where they say, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Mm. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be at- attentive to my voice and supplication. If you, Lord, mark iniquities, Lord, who can stand? But with you is forgiveness that you may be revered. I trust in the Lord. My soul trusts in his word. My soul waits for the Lord more than sentinels wait for the dawn. Let Israel wait for the Lord. For with the Lord is kindness and with him is plenteous redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all their iniquities. A person, a sinner, must reach this point, Psalm 130 moment, that cry from the heart to God for him to be healed of oppression, obsession, and even possession. Terry. Yeah, see, you see how uh, this idea of universal salvation doesn't fill its, uh, you know, doesn't, um, it goes totally against the Bible. I mean, thinking that somehow you're just going to go to heaven just because you're who you are, who you know, or you haven't killed anybody, you're just, you know. Mm. No, the Bible is very clear about who goes to heaven, who doesn't go to heaven, and that's not Jesse Romero's opinion or my opinion. This is a biblical view of salvation, and that's why we like to share that with our folks. Thank you, Jess. 
Hey, uh, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And at this time of war that we are experiencing with Russia and Ukraine, Fulton Sheen talks about surrender. And he talks about peace. So this is what the world's missing. He says, as the whole order of the universe rests on the surrender of the chemicals to the plants, hmm. of the plants to the animals, of the animals to man, so that peace of man comes only. Did you notice the word only? Mm. In the surrender of self to God. So this is what Sheen is saying to us, that we have to give our will over to God's will, and the world right now is living like God doesn't exist, and we have war. So, you know, Mother says, Mother Teresa talks, and others, you know, Mother, Our Lady of Fatima, war is a punishment for sin. Well, that we're experiencing that, Jess. I have, I will test, and I'll document this, but back this point up. Pornography is is probably the number one sin in the world right now, in the sense of numbers, because it's all over the world. It's global. When you look at the numbers of people that are addicted to pornography, well, now here's my point: Are all those people without repentance going to go to heaven? No. That's why the devil is a loose right now, and he's wild. And one of his number one ways of getting people to commit sin is through lust. Amen. Uh, our, yep, that's uh, probably one of the most prevalent I sins. I think that's so, why, Jesse. That's why it's mentioned twice in the Ten Commandments, the Sixth and the Ninth Commandment. God has to repeat that commandment of of this disordered sexual appetites twice yeah sixth and ninth commandment that's how serious god is about that because that's how a lot of people do lose their soul amen when we come back jesse i don't want to give the guy's name it's a guy usually it is most dangerous people are guys <laughs> yeah sorry jesse i'm sexist but you know what <laughs> women have a different disposition normally now an evil woman okay but an evil man gosh uh we've got one and we're going to demonstrate who that is with the facts. And then you're going to say, well, that's someone we need to pray for and make reparation and restitution yep. and pray for his conversion. Because, you know, this is the gentleman who's up in age. He's going to be getting his exit interview really quick. Mm. And wouldn't it be nice if all the people at Virgin Most Powerful Radio made sacrifices for this individual, for his conversion? And let's do that. When, you, when we come back, we'll say who that is. I yep. want to also just mention marriage conference that we have May 7th. Dr. Sandoval, my wife and I are going to be here. If you, I've just been counseling some people uh, with marriage. I say, just come. We'll give you a biblical worldview of marriage using the catechism. We'll also be using Cardinal Seurat's book called Couples Awake Your Love. Go to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151 register for this conference it could change your marriage and your family you're listening to the terry and jesse show yeah we're pre we're pumped up we're too blessed to be stressed we're too anointed to be disappointed and if hope was money yes romero terry barber we're billionaires because our trust is in jesus christ stay with us family Amen. welcome back to the terry and jesse show to join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. My hat's off, Terry, to uh, Governor DeSantis, who's fighting the LGBT 
movement over in Florida. <laughs> yeah, Disney, uh, DeSantis, uh, he's undeterred. Uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek called Governor DeSantis to express opposition to HB 1557, which prohibits gender ideology to young children. Yeah. DeSantis confirmed, uh, he said, uh, he says that his position has not changed. The same Florida parents who take their families to Disney also support parental rights and education yep. because they do not want their children exposed to inappropriate content about sex and gender theory at school. So he stood up to the big monster, Disney, Terry. God love him. Got, yeah. So let's go to who's the most evil man in the world. Drum roll. Yeah, you're going to be surprised. Well, Klaus Schwab. Yep. Internationally, levels of personal freedom continue to decrease. COVID has, of course, played a role, but the downward spiral started long before the pandemic. <laughs> for freedom, for freedom to flourish, democracies are required, and so around the world, established democracies are in decline. Again, the decline was occurring long before the pandemic hit. Democracy, we're told, dies in darkness. Uh, but no democracy seems to die in Davos, Switzerland. If in doubt, please read the following. This is what uh, what uh, uh, Klaus Schwab said. Quote, Welcome to the year 2030. Welcome to my city. Or should I say our city? I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. It might seem odd to you, but it makes perfect sense for us in this city. Everything you considered a product has now become a service. Wow. Now, these are not the lines from an episode of Black Mirror. No, these are the lines that come directly from the World Economic Forum's website. Founded in 1970, the World Economic Forum is arguably the most influential platform in the world. Each year, some of the most influential figures in politics and tech gather for a meeting in Davos. Uh, you got actors, you know, movie stars, you got pop, all the big, yeah, Biden, all, all the big shots are there. <clears throat> the most recent meeting occurred in January, mm -hmm. and the topics discussed are of profound importance. As Anthony Mueller, a professor of economics, warns, quote, the main thrust of the World Economic Forum is global control. That's key. Free markets and individual choice do not stand as the top, as the top values. But state interventionism and collectivism, which, by the way, is, is denounced by name in the catechism, collectivism. That's right, yes. Individual liberty and private property are to disappear from this planet by 2030. Here's my comment. Terry, the, these are evil, rich men who are secular humanists, yep. who are drunk with power. Mm -hmm. They want to usurp the role of God. In fact, they hate God, Terry. And Jess, this is where the church needs to step up to the plate and talk about subsidiarity, the principles in the catechism. And I'm not asking the church to do anything other than what we've taught for, you know, for, for the millennial. I mean, this is our time to respond to these evil men with the truths of the gospel. Continue. Oh, let me, you know what, Jesse? You know what? After this, he says, you disappear from the planet by 2030. Uh, he says, not me. You say... I didn't sign up for this in the world of biopolitics where the lines between human biology and politics become indistinguishable. Your vote really doesn't matter. You see how they're telling us this? Mm -hmm. This is what we've been experiencing, man. Yep. In fact, you don't have a vote. <laughs> really. 
this isn't the same loss of freedom that you say likes, you know, the um, Alex Novelny who's experiencing it right now. No, this loss of freedom is an irrational in nature no, and death. A, a, it, yeah. Attritional. Attritional, excuse me, yeah. I read it wrong. Attritional in nature, death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. This is just making too much sense. We've been experiencing this, Jesse. Continue. Now, before I'm accused of conspiratorial, conspiratorial thinking, the article says, let me point you in the direction of the Commons Project, supported by the World Economic Forum. Surprise. Under, under Klaus Schwab. <laughs> The Cummins Project is in the process of creating mandatory vaccine passports, according to the project's website, quote, for travel and trade to return to pre-pandemic levels, travelers will need a secure and verifiable way to document their health status as they travel and cross borders. Interesting. Countries will need to be able to trust that a traveler's record of a COVID PCR test or vaccination administered in another country is valid, close quote. In order to travel internationally, millions of people will have no option but to acquiesce if the World Economic Forum gets its way. Yep. The writing is very much on the wall, and it reads, Obey your master. <laughs> One could argue that master's name is Klaus Schwab, the founder and executive uh, chairman of the World Economic Forum. So when we think of dangerous people, we tend to think of men with guns or Charles Manson types, you know, sporting maniacal grins. However... If COVID has taught us anything, it's that the greatest dangers are invisible. Repeat that statement because that that says it all right there. The greatest dangers are invisible. Mm -hmm. We never see them coming. And there's little we can do when they arrive. The most dangerous people today are not the ones armed with guns, but the ones armed with ideas. I would say bad ideas. Yes, bad ideas. On the World Economic Forum website, Bill Gates and Eric Schmidt, the former head of Google, are ominously listed as agenda contributors contributors to the World Economic Forum. Surprise, surprise. Klaus Schwab, though, is the agenda as- setter. Yep. He is the... Kingpin. He, yeah, he's the kingpin of all of this, Terry. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So what does his agenda entail? In 2018, Klaus Schwab wrote a book called Shaping the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Oh, no. What is that? It's the merging of physical, digital, and biological worlds. This revolution is like nothing that came before. All revolutions relied on human input. This revolution, however, eliminates millions, if not billions of people uh, from, from, from the employment equation. And if you're skeptical, then please feel free to check out Stretch the Robot, Amazon's latest design. It can move up to 800 boxes per hour. Furthermore, it requires no payment, validation, sick leave, or health insurance. It's hyper-efficient. It doesn't talk back. And and Stretch, this robot, doesn't need a bathroom break. Terry, reminds me of the movie The Terminator where robots replace humans. Go ahead, Terry. And you know, Jesse, he points this out that uh, this, that... In other words, people who generally lack a college degree, concerning only 6.7% of the world's population are college educated, the future looks really bleak if he gets his way. Now, Jess, while the eradication of some jobs is both necessary and laudable, most jobs are not inherently dangerous. 
They give people a sense of purpose. Boy, did I say that again? And a sense of purpose is essential to living a life to its fullest. That's what the Bible says. A man is made to work. Yes, that's now, where we receive our dignity. Exactly. Universal basic income? Are you kidding me? They call it UBI. may help to put food on the table, but it can never address the problem of purpose. Where will our purpose come from when so many jobs are gone? Remember what St. Paul said. I mean, this is in the article, but he says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm. So mm. this is not a biblical world view. This is a man world view, and it's contrary to the gospel. Continue, Jeff. Horizontal world horizontal Exactly, world not view. vertical. The, the, the disingenuous restrain the masses arguments simply doesn't work either. Retrain people for what? In the future... With recursive self-improvement, AI, that's our artificial intelligence systems, will be able to learn from their mistakes and ultimately become smarter. No need for human input. In fact, no need for humans. So what's the final goal? Utopia, we were told. But remember, the Greeks define utopia not as a heavenly place, but as no place. And this seems fitting, as in the future, there simply won't be any place for millions of humans to go. And if in doubt, just ask Klaus Schwab the most powerful and arguably the most dangerous man in the world. Terry, they, if people don't believe that these secular humanists want to replace human beings oh, yeah. with robots, yeah. we have dozens of movies in Hollywood that have already been talking oh, yeah. about this for a year. For stage. example, yeah. yeah, Star Wars in 1977. Yeah. I, Robot released in 2004 starring Will Smith. The Matrix in 1999, a sci-fi action film with, with many A-list actors. Another movie called AI, Artificial Intelligence. It was released in 2001. There's dozens of movies depicting robots taking over the world. These people have been planning this for decades. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And right now, you could even look at us. This is disturbing. You can find many articles on the Internet. Yeah. Asian scientists are inventing robots to look like human beings. Oh, yeah. As soon as 2025 and as late as 2050. And the purpose, the Japanese scientists are making robots, women robots, to replace women in marriage. It's called and, pornography. They have a, yeah. They've been doing it for years, and we've yeah. done shows on that, Jesse. Hey, buddy, just came in. Yep. Great news. Texas top court ends challenge to strict abortion laws. In other words, Praise the, the, Lord. the Texas high court Friday effectively ended a challenge by the clinic's to a state law that banned most abortions in the state, ruling that the state officials, including the task with doctor licenses, have no role in enforcing the law. So this Supreme Court decision came in as a lawsuit against the uh, SB8 that we've been so much bragging about. This is really good news. This means more babies Very are going to be saved, news. Jesse. And Thank I you, hope Jesus. and pray Texas leads the country and California is in the back of everything because uh, this is a clear... Uh, win for us pro-lifers that Texas is uh, demonstrating, and I hope and pray it just goes all over the country. California is killing their constituents, and 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 uh, right. Texas is fighting for their constituents. Yep. So uh, you could just basically see whose side God is on. Absolutely, they're not only doing that. California is telling people in Texas, "We'll pay for your abortion if your state won't do it. We'll do it for you." Yep. That's how wicked California. And I'm living in the state, Jess. Yeah, yeah. I I see I see it. There's. There's a lot of wickedness out here, and that's why we need reparation and prayers. 
Uh, Jess, when we come back, do you want to? Is that everything? Let, on let, that? let me just mention one last thing about the yeah. danger of these robots. Yeah. Where these, where oh, Klaus, yeah. Klaus Schwab and all these secular humanist yeah. billionaires are, are moving the country to. Yeah. Not only do they want robots to place marriage, okay? They want to make female robots to place marriage. Just, it's just a purely sexual act because they don't have a desire for babies or bonding. The, That's right. The, the unitive appropriated aspect, and and uh, and so and also they're making robots, Terry. You can see this on the internet. Yeah. And they're making soldier robots, wow. so and you can you can watch them operate on the internet uh, to replace you know armies to replace yeah. human armies. And what's going to happen? Think about this. You think that these robots are not going to be programmed by some evil person to turn on people one day? Of course. And so again, uh, this this is where the world. Is. And also, I'm re- I'm seeing another Fox News article that uh, they're making robots in the Asian countries. And they say by 2050, uh, human beings will be able to marry robots. This is where these nuts are taking us to, Terry. These secular humanists from Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. When we come back, we're going to talk about an archbishop who's not got the message on evangelization. Because remember, the church is missionaries by its nature and the principal task of evangelization, which it aims to proclaim the witness of Christ, the gospel. That's Vatican II, baby. Really? Yes, it is. When we come back, we'll have more. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, before we begin, I want to just set the stage on what the church actually speaks on evangelization because we have a bishop here in our church that needs to be educated by even knuckleheads like us. The church is missionary by nature and her principal task is evangelization, which aims to proclaim and to witness to Christ and to promote his gospel of peace and love to every environment and culture. That was Pope Benedict XVI on November 3rd, uh, 2006. Here's a quote from St. Paul VI on evangelization of the modern world. To hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus is the inherent right of every person on earth. Last one, says St. John Paul II, Redemptor's Mission, I sense the moment has come to commit all the church's energies to a new evangelization, to a mission. No believer in Christ, no institutional church can avoid this supreme duty to proclaim Christ to all people. Last one, and then I'll turn it to you, Jess, because what we're going to be talking about is completely opposite. The church teaches that evangelization is the primary and central mission of the church. All of her activities move towards this end. The very existence of the Catholic Church has its basis in God's mission to bring the world to the conversion to his son. Jesse, this is Vatican II, dogmatic constitution on the church. Now let's talk about this bishop today in 2022. Yeah, there's also somebody called the Lord Jesus Christ who said in Matthew 28, 19. Yeah, much more. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing everyone in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yep. And teach them. And teach them. And teach them all that Islam has commanded. No, he didn't (laughs) say that. (laughs) And teach them all that Buddha has commanded. No, he didn't say that. And teach them all that Confucianism has commanded. No, he didn't say that. And teach them all that I, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has commanded. Amen, 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 I say to you. Not everybody's gotten the memo. Archbishop of Algiers abandons evangelism. Yes, we do pray for him. Uh... 
the head of the Catholic Church and the overwhelmingly Muslim nation of Algeria is asking Catholics to get rid of the idea that we have to evangelize and bring people to our truth. Oh, really? Our truth? Yeah, so so this archbishop believes that everybody has truth, Terry, because yeah. he's calling Catholicism one of many truths. Unbelievable. His, name is, his name is Archbishop Vesco. Yep. Uh, uh, he's... Uh, he says, simultaneously, we must accept that there is perhaps also, in Islam, a part of truth that escapes us, the new Archbishop of Algiers, Jean-Paul Vesco, told Swiss Catholic Media in an interview on February. Look, look, I'm going to read that again. I know, that's just so, pathetic. So he says, in Islam, they have a part of the truth that escapes us. And in other words, that Jesus didn't reveal to us. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, this bishop is asserting by, by innuendo yeah. that they didn't reveal everything to us. That there's something that 700 years later, Unbelievable. Uh, 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 Muhammad in a cave talking to a demon received revelation that has now given the world that escaped us, Terry. So I guess Muhammad had to improve upon the revelation. Well, well Jesse, of I just want to point out that the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the Church has always said divine revelation ended at the death of the last apostle. So, with all due respect, uh, this guy needs to get updated on the Catechism. Continue. Uh, so, uh, Pope Francis, uh, this Archbishop Vesco is quoting Pope Francis. He says this <laughs> oh, Pope Francis affirms in a way. That baptism is not not the condition of salvation. Now I haven't read that, so I'm not going to accept that statement. That's his, interpretation. But, but that's that's his interpretation yep. of what the Pope has said. Yep. So this Archbishop Vesco, uh, explaining how the Pontiff's revolutionary revolutionary approach to Islam <laughs> has replaced evangelization with fraternity syncretism. Jesse. Yeah. Now I can see how he could he could intuit that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pope Francis hasn't said that. Specifically, right. but I can see like how this Vesco ambiguity. Could, yeah, yeah, that's how he could intuit that. So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give him a pass. Yeah. Archbishop Vesco from Algiers says we are therefore believers among many other believers. We are aware that we are addressing people who, in turn, have a faith that is different from ours. Uh, however, there are challenges by posed by Muslim apologists quote who tell us daily. They know our religion, uh, Catholicism, and why it is not true, is not the true path to God. It is difficult to hear these speeches with the Quran as an irrefutable argument. What does he mean by that, Jesse? Well, he's saying that the Muslims, that he admits that their Quran says that our religion is not true and their religion is true. So at least he's... He he is saying a true statement yeah, there because that's but that's he has what a the hard Quran time handling that is what he's saying. He doesn't handle it, Terry. <laughs> and let me let's be honest. He probably doesn't handle it, Terry, because he doesn't want to get his head cut off. Let's just be honest. Yeah, that's true. That that's just because that's what's going to happen if he if he preaches in that the country. Yeah. You're right. That's yeah. the rule. He says, Archbishop Vesco says, but let us be let us be aware of ourselves whether we whether we are tempted to look look negatively at Islam. We cannot give our testimony without our Algerian Muslim partners. And again, I think he's saying this because basically it's basically gun to the head. Yeah, he's under pressure because in that country there are less than 1%. Uh, But you know what, Jesse, in this article, I hope we get to, our Protestant brothers are willing to take risks that it sounds like we're not. They are bold. Yep. And he admits that, Terry. Yep. Uh, 
he, moreover, while Catholicism mm-hmm. in Algeria remains confined to African students, migrants, and expatriates, yep. Archbishop Vesco admits that Protestants have experienced rapid growth among indigenous Algerians. There's another bishop, John Gordon McWilliam, mm-hmm. sees evangelical converts, but says Catholics must not evangelize. I know. Again, this goes against, here's my take here. This goes against everything that our Lord Jesus Christ ordered the church to do at the Great Commission. In fact, that's even the greatest uh, uh, law in the Code of Canon Law. Yeah, see, you know what this reminds me of? Some of the saints, when they're on the, on the cross or, you know, they're being, getting ready to be burned alive, and they come and say, hey, reject Jesus Christ. It seems to me that you reject Jesus Christ when you're not willing to share Jesus Christ. Yeah, but this is the, this is the guilty of the sin of omission, Terry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he uh, he says, the Archbishop says, when we affirm the existence of a universal brotherhood. Oh, I've heard that term. That's the Masonic term. Exactly, Jesse. The evangelical churches emphasize entry into a community through baptism. So he so yep. he he explains, noting that evangelicals quote respond more to a pattern of thought found in the Muslim religion. In other words. The, just like the Muslim has a, a code of how to become a Muslim, so do the evangelicals say so you've got to be baptized, where these archbishops are saying, no, no, it's all about the universal brotherhood of man. That's a Masonic teaching, Terry. You got it. The Protestant churches, as archbishop says, are not our competitors. They also have, they also have their share of truth, which perhaps escapes us, the archbishop observed. So let me make a little, a little. Well, I got a little no, comment on that too. A Go little ahead, comment Jesse. here. Oh boy, do I! Have. Yeah, the perennial magisterium <laughs> teaches that we have the fullness of truth. That's right. That the deposit of faith ended with the last apostle, while other religions may have some elements of truth. Those religions cannot save you because they do not have the fullness of truth. Terry, I was just wanted to say when he said they have have the share of truth, which perhaps escapes us. I'll tell you what escapes him, the inerrancy of Scripture. Many of my Protestant brothers believe that God's Word is really true, and it's without error. I had to say it, Jess. Go ahead. The world's largest Arab country has seen a 50-fold growth among evangelical believers And in why the last is that? Because decade. they're willing to risk their lives, Jesse. They're willing to open the Bible and tell a Muslim, look at John 3, 16. This is what it says. I'm calling you to accept Jesus Christ as person, Lord, and Savior. He's the door to heaven. They're willing to do that, Terry, and the archbishops there are not. He says, uh, uh, this is a report from... uh, from Open Doors, which this is, is a, a great, yeah, this is a Protestant yeah, organization. This, this is a Protestant organization that that's kind of a I've read looks their at, stuff. Looks at persecution around the world. Yep. It says this: yep. Algerian Christians, they're doing good work, by the way. Oh, they are. Algerian Christians, most of whom are converts from Islam, face opposition from their family members and extended family in particular. Open Doors in 2002, their dossier rep, on on Algeria reports the following quote: State officials at various levels of the administrative hierarchy, are increasingly exerting pressure on Christians to renounce their faith and to restrict their freedom. That's exactly what you said, Terry. Yep. Catholic leaders keep treating us to rose-colored depictions of Islam that bear no relation to reality. (laughs) Ordinance 06-03 regulates non-Muslim worship in Algeria, prohibiting anything that would shake the faith of a Muslim or be used as a means of seduction intending to convert a Muslim to another religion. 
the dossier states, church meetings at home are forbidden. You can see a picture there of closed down evangelical churches by Muslims. Terry, go ahead. Well, several Christians have been imprisoned on blasphemy, are proselytizing, and charged with 13 previously closed church buildings remain sealed, while three new churches were closed in July of 21. Moreover, female converts to Christianity cannot marry non-Muslim men, while marriages between Algerians who have converted to Christianity can only take place according to Islamic rights. You know, Jesse, speaking on, on, on his condition of uh, anonymity, and, and, yeah, and, yeah. a missionary who conducts Bible studies among the Berbers told church militant, most Algerian Muslims converts are ethnic Berbers living in the Cable region in northern Algeria and number around 7 million people in population. And here's the bottom line. It's wonderful to see how God is bringing to himself the very people who come from the same ethnic background as the great St. Augustine of Hippo. Yes, this whole area was Catholic at one time, folks. He, it is a joy to preach the gospel in the land where St. Augustine was born. Jesse, this is their attitude. Their attitude is, I'm going to share the gospel no matter what the cost. But that's not the Catholic attitude. That's no, the, that's, that's that's why I say I'm inspired by these guys. Yeah, by evangelical Protestants. Yes. Well, wow. Terry, right next we're going to talk about uh, Fatima, Faustina, and two powerful prayers of reparation. And boy, do we need that today. And then don't forget, up next, Bible with the Barbers coming up after the uh, after Terry and Jesse show. If you can't get it on your station, go to vmpr.org, download the app. It'll give a world biblical view on angels. We're going to talk about angels today. Stay with us, family. You're the Terry and Jesse show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Fatima, Faustina, and two powerful prayers of reparation. Awesome. That's awesome. exactly... By the way, Father John Argang, he's the vicar of evangelization Phoenix, right? for really? the Diocese of Phoenix. Yeah. So you know him well, Jess? Yeah, I know him well. I awesome have, guy. I should have called him on, but I just... Uh, yeah, that, well, me, maybe, just, me, you know, anyhow, I read the whole article and I thought people need to hear this. Continue, Jess. Yeah, it's just good basic, good basic... Catechesis. Catholic, yeah, catechesis. So sometime during the summer of 1916, the angel of Portugal appeared to three children at Fatima and yep. spoke the following words. I've been there. <laughs> Go ahead. Here's what the angel said. Yep. Offer prayers and sacrifices constantly to the Most High. Make of everything you can a sacrifice wow. and offer it to God as an act of reparation for sins by which he is offended. Make, uh, um, yeah. And in supplication for the, for the conversion of sinners, you will, draw, you will thus draw down peace upon your country, close quote. These are assists, uh, Lucia's. And, and Jesse, this first. is so practical because a five-year-old, I have my grandson out. I'm going to be babysitting after this, and I can I can teach him how to make a sacrifice to God, to pleasing God. So you make everything a sacrifice offered to God as an act of love and reparation. I mean, this needs to get out to people. Please continue. And remember, especially that last sentence, yeah. you will thus draw down peace upon your country. Yeah, that's what we want. Everybody wants that. Well, let's. Are we willing to make sacrifices? 
So oh, this so. 100-year-old prescription for peace through reparation yeah. can be easily forgotten among the messages of Fatima. Yep. But it should give us pause as we continue to grapple with the violence that all that all too often engulfs our brothers and sisters across the world. So the angel of Portugal was not finished. According to Lucia's memoir, a crucially important prayer was revealed to the children later that same year when leaving a consecrated host and chalice suspended in midair. Oh, yeah, it's a great picture. The angel fell to the ground and solemnly prayed the following words three times. And Jesse, before these three prayers, when they solemnly bent down, that's not bending. That's all the way down, brother. Like your hands like a Muslim, okay? <laughs> no, really, that's what that means. Continue with the prayer. It's a powerful, most holy trinity prayer. Yeah, the, the angel said the following, most holy trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yep. I adore you profoundly. Yep. And I offer you the most precious body, blessed soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences by which he is offended. And through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. The angel then distributed the sacred host to Lucia and the chalice to little Jacinta and Francisco, saying, Take and drink the body and blood of Jesus Christ, horribly outraged by ungrateful men, Repair their crimes and console your God, close quote. So the angel repeated the, the, the prayer above three more times and then disappeared. Terry? Jesse, think about this. This was 1916 during World War I. Talking about eight outrages by ungrateful men. You think today is any better? No, it's even worse. <laughs> okay? Now, 19 years later, on September 13th, 1935, here's the connection with St. Saint, Saint Faustina, had the following vision in her cell. Check this out. I saw an angel, and we're going to be talking about angels with the Bible with the barbers. Remember that. Uh, executor of divine wrath. He was clothed in a dazzling robe, his face gloriously bright, a cloud beneath his feet. Picture this. From the cloud bolts of thunder and flashes of lightning, were springing into his hands, and from his hand they were going forth, and only then were they striking the earth. When I saw this sign of divine wrath, which was about to strike the earth, think about this, 1935, and in particular a certain place, which for good reason I cannot name, mm. I, and some people think it's in the Ukraine, I just thought I'd mention that, mm -hmm. uh, I cannot name, I began to implore the angel to hold off for a few moments, and the world would do penance. But my plea was a mere nothing in the face of divine anger. Just then, oh, Jesse, read it. This is exciting. Just then. Continue. Yeah, this is Faustina's words, yep. paragraph 474 yeah. to 476 of their diary. Yeah. Just then, I saw the most holy trinity. Ooh. The greatness of its majesty pierced me deeply, mm -hmm. and I did not dare to repeat my entreaties. Mm-hmm. At that very moment, I felt in my soul the power of Jesus' grace, which wow. dwells in my soul. When I became conscious of this grace, I was instantly snatched up before the throne of God. I found myself pleading with God for the world with words heard interiorly. As I was praying in this manner, I saw the angel's helplessness. He could not carry out the just punishment, which was rightly due for sins. Wow. Never before had I prayed with such inner power as I did then. 
The words which then I entreated God are these, quote, Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us. Close quote. The next morning, Faustina writes in her diary, when I entered the chapel, I heard these words interiorly. Yep. Here's what I heard. Every time you enter the chapel, immediately recite the prayer which I taught you yesterday. When I had said this, the prayer in my soul, I heard these words. This prayer will serve to appease my wrath. Both the Fatima prayer and the prayer, prayer revealed to St. Faustina, which God subsequently instructed her to incorporate into the Divine Mercy Chaplet, are powerful prayers of reparation that are strikingly similar in structure. Both explicitly invoke the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, in order to make reparation and obtain mercy and the conversion for souls. Amen. Both are also mystically connected to the Eucharistic presence of Jesus, angels, and the Most Holy Trinity. Jesse, if I could just jump in and yep. say, this is so important, these prayers today, with all the sacrileges that are going on in our own church and in the world. This is a powerful message. God has the greatest sense of timing for these prayers were given to humanity during and on the eve of the two most destructive wars in human history. In 1916, World War I was in full swing and would extinguish, are you ready, 16 million lives. St. Faustina was given these prayers to make up the Divine Mercy Chaplet just six months after Adolf Hitler violated the Versailles Treaty by announcing the rearmament of Germany. And then four years later, Hitler invaded Poland. That was 1939, triggering a Second World War that annihilated, are you ready, more than 60 million lives. That's powerful, Jesse. Yet these prayers demonstrate that God had never abandoned us. Exactly. He remained and still remains close to us and deeply desires to convert and save us. He provides us these prayers along with the Most Holy Rosary, all of which beautifully supplement the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the most powerful prayer the Church can offer. The words of these prayers call to mind not only the prayers of the Mass, but also those of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, quote, Let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Close quote. And the fathers of the Second Vatican Council who asserted that the faithful exercise that the faithful exercise their common priesthood through spiritual sacrifices and prayers. That's, That's a fact. Lumen Gentium, chapter 10 yep. and 11. In a world under the constant threat of violence and other dangers, let us take solace in the knowledge that God is not only with us, but gives us prayers that can make a difference. As our commemoration of Fatima continues... Let us not be afraid to use them and draw down graces of peace and mercy upon souls, communities, and nations. And, Close quote. And Jesse, this is what I tell people to indulge themselves in. The fat of a message right now. When people are scared to death what's going on in the world, remember, remember the fat of a message. You can participate in the peace for the world. You can participate in bringing souls to Christ and reparation by sacrifices. These prayers have to become part of who we are. Yep. Well, I want to thank uh, 
Father. I, I, I'm glad Father John Nargang is the vicar of evangelization oh, for the Diocese man. of Phoenix. Can, Terry, can you imagine? You just read, you just read the theology of this priest. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish that other dioceses would have a priest like oh, this yeah. Are you kidding as me? the vicar of evangelization. We but gotta Terry, get that, him on, Jesse. Matter of fact, yeah, I'll, I'll get him on that. next. I'll get him on, yeah, because yeah. he's got a lot of other articles to be yeah. sure. But uh, Terry, this—that's our Friday show. That's a wrap, and uh, I'll be gone next week. I'll that's be right. over. Tell us what you're doing, Jesse, so they can pray for you. Yeah, my my wife and myself will be going through. It's called team training. Yeah. For healing and deliverance with Father Chad Ripperger, Kyle Clement, and Dr. Dan Schneider, they're uh, putting on. It's going to be over in South Carolina for 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 Catholic teams around the the country. Uh, so I'm just going to be purifying my understanding of spiritual warfare from Good. a Catholic perspective. That way I can communicate better, stronger, more clear messages on my radio programs through Virgin Most Powerful. Awesome. And that, so Jesse won't be in, but I've got some great guests coming up next week. While Jesse will be gone, keep him in your prayers with his wife, Anita, and the whole crew that's going to be there because this is so important in the church right now to understand how to combat the devil with Christ and the prayers that are being said, I want to encourage people, Jesse, if they go to Father's website, the, the prayers, spiritual warfare prayers that we pray, they have the paperback. He did say on the interview that yeah. it's now in a hardback. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Father Chad Ripperger's book, Deliverance Prayers yeah. to the Lady, yeah. is now in hardback. Yeah, i got to get mine because mine's yeah. worn out. And it's it's called Census. Uh, traditionis, uh, dot org, okay. org. Uh, yep, it's now on hardback, so you definitely want to get that uh, that uh, book for your shelf and use it often. It, you don't. It's not something you want to be staring. No, at. every day you do it. Every yeah. day, it's part of your family prayer. This is this is especially uh, for here. Dads. It is. It's sense centradpress dot com. Centradpress.com. Okay, that's who has it. All right, because I want everybody to get that, because these are the prayers, especially for men, to be praying for their family, and also uh, the whole family can pray these. Uh, these prayers are very important to teach. Jesse, I want to recommend this, that uh, while you're there, keep us also in your prayers, Amen. that we will be faithful to proclaiming the teachings of Christ in season and out. Uh, up next, the Bible with the Barbers. I'm babysitting, but my wife's going to be giving an explanation on a biblical worldview of angels. We, we talk about angels in the Bible all through Old and New Testament. Let's get a good grasp of their teachings. Jesse, my last statement of the day to you is, what state should we be living in, brother? Last time I checked, we have to live in a state of grace. Last time I checked, do not live in a state of mortal sin. Uh, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful. We'll hear your prayer. Pray your rosary every day. Amen. Remember our lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. Will you do that? This is a Friday of Lent. No meat. Take another sacrifice. Offer it for the salvation of souls. People like oh, Schwab. How about um, Biden? People like that who are putting out lots of evil. Let's pray for their conversion. Come back to Christ and his church. God love you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the next show.